0: Welcome to the Nerd Party.
1: Hello, hello. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Sheeland.
0: And I'm the other host, Asia Bonilla. We're back this week finishing book two of his dark materials by Philip Pullman, The Subtle Night.
1: And for anyone who's new to our pod, we're a podcast with the Nerd Party Network. We're best friends, and we read and reread YA Lit from our childhood slash adolescence, and we share these books with each other by alternating between one series that one of us has read and one series that the other has not read. And so we're currently on my turn to reread a series.
0: Yep, and Charles has read his Dark Materials before, and this is my first time. And this format is fun because you get to hear from one person who is reading for the first time and one person who is rereading. And as a newbie, I get to give a quick summary of the reading in case you couldn't read along. So diving right in, Lyra and Will get the alethiometer back and make for the mountains in search of Will's dad. Dr. Malone is threatened and destroys her equipment, and she enters the world of...
1: Chittagatze.
0: Lee finds Grumman, who is actually John Perry, Will's dad, and he dies bringing Grumman into the world of...
1: Chittagate.
0: As the witches are chaperoning the children, they get separated, and Will runs into his dad, who is... Promptly killed, like very promptly. And then when he decides to bring the knife to Lord Asriel, he finds out that Lyra has once again been captured. This is literally the end of the book. Lyra is kidnapped again, of course. (laughs) And Mrs. Coulter finally finds out why Lyra is so important because Lyra is Eve, the mother of sin. So that's a lot to think about. And thank goodness we get to unpack that in this episode. But my impression of this half of the reading was just that there was a lot going on, but I still really enjoyed it because I do feel that, that a Subtle Knife, this book was a lot more interesting for me compared to The Golden Compass because, like I said, I really like Lyra and Will's dynamic together, so I liked following their characters, and then I feel like we just get more of a deep dive with better characters in general. But the only thing I did dislike about this reading is at the more end of this section of that we read was two witches acting like complete idiots. But otherwise, this has probably been my favorite section of reading so far.
1: Yeah. This is an exhausting reading because our characters really, really don't catch a break. And there's just a lot of drama in this reading. But as I've already said, it's a rich story. So I'm totally into it. And as Asia correctly predicted last week... Lyra and Will use the knife to get the alethiometer back. But, of course, it's all made way worse by Mrs. Coulter being there with Sir Charles.
0: And it's made entirely worse by her evil monkey demon that is straight out of nightmares.
1: He's so awful, and he never gets named in the book. I think that th- there was a production many, many years ago in London where they did the 3 Pete books as a play, and Or there was a movie once where they named him Ozymandias, and I was like, no, I think it's better that he doesn't have a name at all. Like, it makes her demon even more evil.
0: Wait, so in a play, did some of the actors also have to play the demon?
1: <laughs> I've never seen it as a play, but I would assume so. I mean, Pan is a pretty big character. Like, you can't not have Pan Imagine in the play.
0: you're <laughs> cast as, like, the demon. I just, I can't. That's hilarious.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting to see that live. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) But yes, anyway, Ozymandias slash Mrs. Coulter's evil monkey demon. It's all him. But we find out that Sir Charles is actually Lord Carlo Boreal from the cocktail party. And now that we know that, I can actually tell you how I figured this out, because I did say that I figured this out the first time I read it. So, one, I mentioned last week that we talked about the snakes. And, of course, I'm very in tune with snakes because they're very scary. So, Anyone who was a snake demon, I noticed them. But the other one is much more selfish. It's just that Charles, and so Carl is a German name version of Charles. And I was living in Germany when I first read these books. So some people call me Carl. And Carlo is the Italian version. And so Carl, Charles, Carlo, like it was my name. So I was aware of a character who had my name. And then you meet another character who has a demon that's also a snake, but also has my name. And also, Lord Boreal is mentioned more than any of other, of Mrs. Coulter's other friends. So, like, we only meet him at the cocktail party, and Lyra talks to him. But she's mentioned him a lot. And, again, super small detail that I've noticed because I've read the book so many times. And Asia's giving me, like, the biggest stink face right now. But in the final scene of The Golden Compass, when Asriel and Coulter are on the mountain, and they're deciding whether they're going to go into the new world... Asriel's like, I know about all your other lovers, and I don't care. You can be with Boreal if you want to. Just, like, be with me as an adventurer. So, like, we know we have, like, proven fact, or, like, we have known that Mrs. Coulter has also been having an affair with Lord Boreal as well. I mean, she's technically single right now, so I guess it's not really an affair, but, like, when she was with Asriel, she was having an affair, and, I mean, we'll see later. She seduces Lord Boreal again, so... But that's how I knew who he was the first time I read it.
0: Whereas when I read the name, I probably just was like, irrelevant character. Doesn't matter. We didn't know. I, Yeah, when they said who it was, I was like, yep, I don't know who that is. I don't remember. But obviously, he was kind of important, I guess. But he's dead anyway. Well, he's dead now. So irrelevant, (laughs) ultimately. But then we do get the next big reveal that actually was important <laughs> which is that <laughs> Stanlaus Grumman is John Perry Will's dad which I actually figured this one out about 10 pages before the reveal happened and I figured that Grumman must be Will's dad because when Lee scoresby meets him he says how you know he's heard things about him about how he just appeared out of nowhere 10 or 12 years ago which is the exact timeline for when John disappeared And he noted about that he has an English accent and not a German one, which I was kind of guessing the hint we got earlier because John is from Oxford, so it makes sense that he would have specifically an English accent. And then I know Charles is about to talk about the name thing, which you can go ahead. I have my response already ready for that one.
1: Okay. Well, first off, I've got to congratulate you that you figured it out before it happened in the reading because I didn't. Like I said, when I read this the first time... I didn't figure it out.
0: When Lee and John are talking, I thought that was like, I thought it was pretty obvious. I mean, maybe not for a kid reading it, but like, he literally is like, yeah, they said you, you know, you appeared out of nowhere 10 or 12 years ago. And then the thing about the accent, because I think a little bit earlier when he was talking to the people at that place, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they were talking about how like, they didn't, they didn't know where he was from. Like, they didn't know if he was German or if he was English. They were like, "But he has an English accent," and I was like, "Oh, well, it would make sense that if it's John Perry, like, he is from England, so he he would have an English accent."
1: I specifically brought the English thing up last episode. So the hint, so the hint that I mentioned last episode was actually his shaman name, Japari, and this is how much I was trying to get Asia, give this clue to Asia That's not when a clue. I wrote the script for last episode. I mentioned, I was like, have you figured out who John Perry is? Like, I didn't say Will's dad. I specifically said John Perry. I knew what And I knew was. I would also say Japari, because I they thought that maybe hearing enough, it out loud.
0: They, they don't sound similar enough to make that connection with no other proof. Because I'm saying, sure. we've gotten no other hints to this character again that we haven't met, who's actually very briefly been mentioned. They start talking about him more in detail with Lee, which is why I was able to figure out at that point, because it was more than just a similar name.
1: I mean, I totally agree with you. Like I said, I didn't figure it out at all. So, I'm um, again. I wrote the script so that maybe you would like. Maybe the auditory thing would help because obviously, when you're reading a book, you don't like. You should have put some the emphasis.
0: Like, yeah, like, you know, they were talking to Joe Parry. and I would been like, why is he <laughs> screaming that name? I don't know. Who that
1: is. You're like, we literally have not met this character yet, Charles. Please calm down. But anyway, again, kudos to you. And he, we kind of get a little bit of a reveal that basically when John Perry went into Lyra's world his demon just came into existence
0: which makes no sense
1: it's not explained that deeply and i for some reason in my brain i had developed this narrative that it's because he was a shaman that he like learned how to like extricate his demon i was but like that be- kind of makes
0: but he became a shaman once he already had one
1: well that's what i'm saying i it didn't make sense because i made that up in my head <laughs>
0: But I'm good. saying Because you had to provide yourself with an explanation I because there I had to provide no an explanation, explanation for myself given.
1: because there's no real explanation. He's like, I just found out that there was a part of my nature that was female and such a pretty little bird. But speaking of which, then when he says, you know, that part of his nature is female, this is one of those moments where you can see that people who might be like religiously pious or religiously traditional might be a little inflamed by the idea that every person or most people have both a male and a female aspect to them.
0: Yeah, and then, but we do find out Grumman is very much on Asriel's side, so against the church, and he is looking for the bearer of the subtle knife, who just so happens to be his son, Will, at this point.
1: Speaking of Will, we can get back to Lyra and Will, actually, because we leave Grumman for a while, but Lyra and Will, they get chased by the mob of children, and it's, I wrote down when I was writing the script that it was kind of like the lottery the short story. But honestly, it's a little different because these kids what are, is, like, violent. What you what probably read the lottery in high school or middle school. It's basically about this town where they have a tradition that every year each head of the household, draw, like, draws a <gasps> piece of paper.
0: Yes. It's kind of, and they don't they kill the child they, or something? No,
1: they kill the mother. They And the children, oh. her children also participate. They just stone her to death. And it's just the tradition this town does every year.
0: Oh, I remember because in the story, it's, like, somebody's going to win something, and it's unclear what it's about, and then you realize it's a bad thing to it's win a bad like, thing. the end, right? Well, yeah, okay, because... Yeah, I read this in high school.
1: Yeah, you did... Yeah, it's a common piece of, like, American... I believe it's American lit, but, like, because you start... You're basically focused on this one family, and, like, the mom is, like, all excited, and then her son, I think, is drawing for the first time, that he got like, the circles, then her family has to draw, and it's, like, a big deal, and she's like, no, 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 and then, like, everyone just stones her to death, but... That sort of, like, it's, like, the classic image of, like, mob mentality because her literal children stone her as well. And every time I read this section, I kind of think of that because, like, these children. But it's actually not that great of a comparison.
0: Always against women.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, they would have stoned anyone in the town. But the point is, like, it's the mom, which is what makes it so, like, striking because, like, who's going to take care of her children? Like, she's a mom. And, but anyway, it's not a great example, actually, well, let me get off this tangent, because these are only children, but they're yeah. very much a violent, violent mob, and it's kind of hard to read because they're, like, screaming about killing them.
0: The description of the kids, like, eyes and stuff when they attack and, like, how there's, like, like there's just desire for, like, violence, like, their eyes are wide, like... It'll definitely be curious to, like, watch, like you said, like, this show portray this scene. I feel like it would just be really, really concerning, really uncomfortable to watch children act in such a way.
1: I don't think it—I don't remember it that closely in the show. I don't think it's going to be as striking in the show. Dang. I hope. I think I mean, the children, they're still, like, they're still going to chase them, but I don't think it's, like, in the book, they're, like, on a tower, and the children are, like, kill, kill, kill. Like, it's...
0: And they're, like, climbing the tower, and also, it sounds like there's, like, at least, like, 30 to 40 kids. Like, I'm imagining, like, tons of children climbing on top of each other. Also, because they end up, the gun goes off, and, like, one of the kids gets shot. Like, it sounds, like, super chaotic and, like, scary.
1: And then it's even worse when afterwards Will's like, "Yeah, I've seen children behave like that before when they harass my mother." And Lyra's like, "I have done." Lyra's like, "I don't even know what to do with that because she's like, I didn't realize children could be mean." And Will's like, "I
0: mean, that that makes sense in the sense of like, i mean, when you think of like bullying and stuff, I wouldn't think of it like on that such such a big scale, like the the entire thing of mob mentality, like." trying to attack other children, like, a group of 30, 40 kids, like, going to try to kill these children. I wouldn't think of it as that intense. More of what I would imagine seeing kids being okay with is, like, being bystanders. Like, you know, like, in the movies and stuff, when two kids get in a fight and all the kids are like, fight, 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 but they're not participating in the violence. They're just egging it on. They don't want to be a part of it. Whereas this this was 50 kids
1: who were like, we're going to kill you. Also, like, irrationally, too, because it wasn't, like... I mean, well, the whole mob is r- irrational, but they're like, we're going to get the knife for ourselves. And it's like, it, the knife didn't help your brother because he wasn't a knife bearer. Like, anyway.
0: I mean, it helped him for a time. It yeah, helped but, him stay away from the specters basically until Will, Will fights him for it.
1: Yeah. If but, they
0: wouldn't have come along, he could have essentially kept it until somebody else took it from him. Because obviously they don't know anything about the bearer yeah. of the knife. They don't know anything about that.
1: This so is like true. he
0: wouldn't have been able to cut the windows but it protects them from the specters which is what they they want it, want it for. for especially cuz as they explain like the kids are still like going to grow up and if they don't have a way of like they're going to get attacked by the specters eventually but yeah so then moving on we have a really big chapter with Dr Malone but first Sir Charles comes for their experiment he comes to try to Basically say, like, I'm going to take it over and give you guys more funding, but you, like, have to do whatever I say. And she is, like, totally not about it. And she ends up, like, leaving, but she comes back and goes to use the cave, which is her computer with the dust on it. And she talks to the dust. She's able to talk to it through the computer, which the dust says that they are angels. And they tell her that she must play the serpent which I'm, you know, I'm assuming, you know, this, we're going with the whole creation story. Mm -hmm. And then they literally tell her to destroy the equipment and go. So she destroys it and goes into the hole, into the, into the world that Charles says the name.
1: Chitagatse.
0: Yes. So I just wrote down for this section that like, it was a lot of action. Like, I feel like this book series, like we're just getting so many different Like genres in one. Like, I don't know, because that chapter to me felt like a spy movie. Like, I felt like we'd entered into like Mission Impossible, where it's like, here's your message now, destroy this before anyone else can find it and go on your mission. Like, your next steps will be at the next place. Like, I was like, what's going on? Like, when did this become? Like, the fact that the dust was talking to her through the computer, I was like, what? Like, it turned into like a sci fi movie to me, I feel like, as opposed to. This has been a little bit, which, I mean, that has been the whole time. Like, it's that mixture of magic with technology and stuff. But it was just, I don't know, I found it kind of funny. Like, it was, like, Well, it's okay. also extra
1: ironic because she's, like, a former nun turned, like, very intense yeah. scientist. So it's a completely antithetical to her personality to be, like... Okay, Took these directions. Now, you must be undercover. You must lie to get through here, and then you'll be protected if you yeah, go cause... this way. He's like, the specters won't attack you. And she's like, I don't even know what specters are. Why was I worried about them attacking me? And then she goes Yeah, and they're for like, it. you have
0: to fool the guard. And I was like, what does that mean? But then there's literally a person guarding, and she has to lie her way to get into the hole. And I'm just like, when did she become a spy? Like, when did she get, like, what?
1: Yeah. And you are totally right you must play the serpent is definitely biblical. So maybe we'll conjecture, we'll postulate at the end of the episode on that. But this is a really good, like important chapter in sort of the scheme of the whole narrative of the series, because Dust is, we know Dust is conscious, but, you know, Lyra's even started, she said a couple of times, she's like, I feel the alethiometer has moods, and sometimes it tells her things. And the alethiometer, like, you know, when you first learn about it, it's kind of like just telling you truth. Like, it's just telling you answers to questions. But then it even, like, tells her plans on, like, how to get through things. Like, when you know she's trying to, like, overthrow Yoful Rackneson, the lithiometer the- is like, you have to trust Yorick, which is not like a yes or no fact question. It's like, it's telling her how to, like, survive. And then that's the dust is doing the same thing here.
0: It doesn't feel, I feel like, as weird with Lyra and the alethiometer, though, because she's the only person who can understand it. So to me, that I just take that as, like, magical. Like, she's a wizard who can only read this thing.
1: Also, Whereas, it's not like, like the alethiometer is giving her words. It's kind of, like, telling her, like, a vibe.
0: Basically, that's what I'm saying. So, like, only she can understand it. Like, nobody else would be able to get the messages that she's getting. Whereas with the computer thing, like, it's literally typing out words that, like, anybody could read. Obviously, it's choosing to tell Dr. Malone this but I don't know to me that was a little bit because that is to me where like like who's talking to her like I don't know it 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 is like I mean it's angels I guess it's just a lot more to wrap my head around I guess
1: I still don't really get it so (laughs) but yeah the dust is conscious and it's got a motive which we'll learn a little more about and it kind of like it kind of, as I've been rereading it, I'm like, is it nefarious? Like, it's almost menacing, but not really. And again, like, because I'm still, like, with Lyra on that, like, if the church is so against dust, the dust must be good. Like, I'm still with Lyra, like, as a reader, I agree with her. So I'm not, like, that, met like, worried, like, scared of the dust. But, like, especially because the messages are kind of, like, brief. It's like, ask a question. Ask a question. And then she's like... What are you? She's like, we are dust. We are angels. Ask another question. Like, it's a little menacing. So, but I'm still on the side of dust, if that makes any sense.
0: I guess. Also, maybe it was, like, called something else, because I'm just imagining, like, dust particles talking to her, and I'm like, what is going on?
1: Well, then think of it as shadows. She calls them shadows, or Rusakov particles.
0: Well, that sounds even scarier. (laughs) Dark matter? Yeah.
1: Well, f- well, going from scary to sad, we have Lee defending the Gulch so that Grumman can get through. And Lee takes down a whole company of Russians. And then he and Hester die, and Serafina, they call on her, like, way, way, way too late.
0: That-
1: and it's really sad. Because- <laughs> that was
0: kind of funny, that, because also, like, Hester his demon is like, a bunny rabbit, which I, like, didn't think about until, like, they really described it at the end and I was like he had a bunny this whole time like I don't know again I think I just don't pay enough attention to like details because like "Ah, she's a
1: hair she's not like a fluffy bunny she's called jackrabbit it's
0: still a rabbit like I'm imagining like Thumper from Bambi being like oh my gosh we forgot about the flower (laughs) or whatever Seraphina (laughs) gave them and I was like
1: it is You're a You stupid sad. bunny, like... you couldn't
0: have thought of this like an hour ago when we first got into this situation. I just thought that was funny that it was like right when they're like, oh, he's dead. She's like, oh my God, we forgot to do this. And I was like I know, like they'd already said lived. that they'd like.
1: Yeah. They'd already said that they like the author, Pullman, had already said like they took their last, like the last view they'd ever see. And then, like, five pages later, they're like, let's call Serafina. I'm like, it's way too <laughs> late. And the author's already told us they're going to die.
0: But I do, like, it, it was definitely a sad moment for me. I mean, I figured he was going to die at that. Like, when he's like, oh, I'll stand. It's like the typical thing. Like, I'll hold them off. You get away. Like, that person's not going to make it. But reading it was just particularly sad because you really, like, get to see the relationship between him and the demon and how, like, knowing when it's the end and the demon being, like, not wanting to stay, get any farther away, like, wanting to be as close as possible. Like, that was just really sad. Because it is, like, the idea of when, like, Hester, like, fades away like that, when your, like, soul leaves your body, like, when life is gone from you, um... So that was pretty sad. Like, I'm sure that would be really sad to watch, too.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a beautiful, like, shot moment. Again, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, so as much as I love Lin-Manuel, like, it's not exactly like he's, like, the greatest dramatic Lynn Lin-Manuel
0: actor. Miranda is Lee Scoresby?
1: That's what I've been trying <laughs> to tell you this whole podcast. Like, the show oh, is really good. That
0: doesn't good. fit
1: at all. He doesn't fit at all.
0: Lee's, like, southern, like... I don't know, I imagine, like, a southern, like, Texan, like,
1: Well, I think, white like, guy. Jack Nichols played him in, like, the movie. Like, like, yeah, old white guy with, like, bushy white, like, a huge mane of, like, sun-bleached white hair is like what it, I imagine for Lee. Yeah. Like, white blonde hair. And then, no, it's, it's in the TV show, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, so it's a little strange.
0: Well, we'll have to we'll have to. But see. he's not going to
1: be in season three because he's dead.
0: Because he's, yeah, he's dead.
1: But, oh. I mean, Lin-Manuel does a good job, and they, like, give him, like, one or two extra scenes in the show that I think, like, flesh out his character. Does he have a
0: southern accent?
1: I can't remember, but, like, if he does, it can't be good.
0: I mean, I already said, I think Lyra has a southern accent, and that's obviously inaccurate.
1: <laughs> yeah, she she's literally not. She's never been to America. <laughs>
0: They're all gonna have British accents though, right? Yeah. So this will be a fun show to watch. I love British accents.
1: Yeah. And they like the characters, I mean, like I said, the the casting for the show is really excellent. It's except Lynn manuel well, Miranda. <laughs> and I love him. I was listening to Hamilton on my way home earlier today. It's not a question. But yeah, of that. it's
0: more just like for obviously what we're reading in the book, that's just not who I like we just said, that's not who I would have imagined, but I'm sure he does fine.
1: He does do fine. And like I said, the show does like a really good job of like Ruta Scotti is beefed up. um, Sir Charles Lord Boreal is beefed up. And the show is much more like racially inclusive, which is great. Like it's...
0: That's great, yeah.
1: Because like Lord Boreal, his race doesn't matter at all. So it makes like, it's nice that they were like, let's cast a black person to play this role because it has no bearing on the role otherwise. And then they beefed yeah. up his character. I mean, he still gets totally owned by Mrs. Coulter. Speaking of which, let's get to that scene. So we have, like, it goes from bad to worse because so we have Lee dying. Serafina leaves the kids to go find Lee's corpse, so that's going to be sad. Ruta Scotti leaves the kids because she's like, we got to go get the witches, we got to go be with Azriel. And then Mrs. Coulter apparently can control the specters and she can make them fly. And then... She fully kills Lord Boreal and Lana Felt And then she gets Lyra's secret name. Then Will fights his dad. And then his dad gives him the mission of bringing the knife to Asriel. And then you mine and kills Perry before they even get to talk. And then when Will goes to find Lyra, Lyra's gone. So, like, it just, like, all hell broke loose.
0: Yeah, there's definitely lots to unpack in this chapter. So, I wrote down that Lana felt, the pitiful witch... Like I said, she was pitiful. Also because she should have never underestimated Mrs. Coulter like that in the first place. And then even if she did, like, she didn't even hold out. Like, she just gave up the name immediately. Like, no sense of, like, I don't know. I just thought that was really pitiful for, like, terrible. Just gave her up.
1: Especially because the first witch in, the like, the first chapter of this book... Like, she resisted torture for so long.
0: Which, I will give it to her that, like, the first witch's torture, like, they were, like, breaking her fingers and stuff, which is obviously terrible. But how the torture of Lena was, was, I mean, how it was described, it was the specter was, like, attacking her demon. And she was saying, like, it's, like, more of, like, attacking the soul. So I could see how, like, it was kind of, like, she just wanted it to be over. But, like, you've heard about Mrs. Coulter. Like, there's no way you're going to survive this experience. Like, because immediately after she gives her the information, then she sends a specter to her, which the specter, I mean, they don't kill them. They eat their soul away, I guess, basically. And she says how, like, what she was feeling with the demon, it was, like, a hundred times worse. Like, she basically was, like, there was no will to live. This, like, life was terrible. Like, why do we exist? Like, it sounded awful. Like, it's kind of like one of those hard, like, it's a hard thing to, like, grasp because it's not, like, pain. Like, I don't know. Yeah,
1: it's emotional pain.
0: So... But I just thought that, like, that scene was pitiful because how she came in and then, like, they said, like, she didn't realize how, like, close. I was like, how are you underestimating this person who's been described as, like, the most evil person in the world? But, okay. And then I wrote that these witches in general just not must not be that smart because Yuta, is that how you say her name? Yada?
1: Yeah, Yuta. Yuta.
0: Yuta. Which I guess she's the witch like way at the beginning was like I can't see Gremmin, like he's the one who like denied my love and if I see him I'm gonna kill him which is already like a stupid thing to say so we already <laughs> know she's stupid but when she sees him which Gremlin is John Perry she kills him immediately which is why Will like Will and John are looking at each other and they're just realizing or like recognizing each other and then she shoots him and he's dead like immediately. And I'm just like, well, one, that's stupid because she's shooting him because he didn't want to be with her, didn't want to sleep with her. And then immediately after, she kills herself because she killed him and she's embarrassed. And I'm like, well, that was a stupid plan to begin with because, first of all, it just seems really petty that somebody doesn't want to be with you, so you can't take rejection, so you're going to kill them?
1: Especially if you get to live forever. Like, you're going to live for, like, Like, a couple hundred years and he's dying. But I'm
0: just saying, that was ridiculous in and of itself. And then the fact that after she does it, because she's so ashamed, now she just kills herself. Like, what a waste of your life. Like, what a waste of like space. Like, why didn't,
1: instead of, like, honor, like, if you loved Gurman so much, wouldn't you honor his memory by, I don't know, like, protecting his son?
0: She was like, I can't do this, and just... She's like, I can't do this? Pitiful.
1: Well, also, like, for her, especially because, like, we meet her that first Seraphina chapter... And she's like, if I meet Grumman, I will kill him. And Serafina's like, I gotta take you for supervision because you sound unstable. But then Grumman ends up in the same world. And it was like, and then because Serafina leaves, no one is supervising her. And it was like, wow, a confluence of terrible things.
0: Well, I, I, it's like the, the Shekhov's gun thing. Like you said, at the beginning, she said that she was going to kill him. And by the end, she killed him.
1: it's true it was a Chekhov's gun but I
0: guess one thing I was mad about with John is how Lee specifically told him that when he finds the bearer that he needs to protect Lyra because Lee has kind of seen himself and now is like Lyra's like adoptive like parent because he really cares for her and he knows that her parents both her parents obviously suck and so he's like whatever we do whatever I do like I want Lyra to be protected and then John just like totally for just chooses not to tell Will, that, which obviously we know it's Will, so like Will's gonna protect Lyra no matter what because he loves her and they're best friends now. But I didn't like that, but he still didn't deserve to die.
1: Yeah. I know he's like, I hated myself for that moment of like, I'm gonna break my oath to Lee, but I'm gonna do it anyway because I have to do this for the fate of the world. Again, didn't matter because Will would protect Lyra anyway, given the choice. But. Yeah. It was is a sad moment because. Also, just like it's <laughs>
0: also because Lee literally died for you, and you couldn't even keep the word that you pro- like. You couldn't even keep the promise you made him. I I didn't like that. Especially like because character. it could have been
1: like, for all he knows, the knife bearer has no idea who Lyra is. So He could be like, "There's a girl. She's about your age, kid. Her name is Lyra Balakwa. Like, be nice to her if you ever meet her." Like, that's all he had to say.
0: Yeah, because didn't have to be there's like, a thousand worlds. To go- like
1: he like he can still be like, you know. Please take the knife to Azriel But also, if you meet this girl, be nice to her. Like that's really all I had to say. And before we get off the topic of the knife, I put um, into the guide into our script outline the name, the proper name of the knife, in italics. Um, I just want to hear you pronounce it. No. So I for know those of you who you're aren't so annoying. reading the books with us,
0: I literally when they when I saw this, I was like, Haha, that's funny.
1: <laughs> for those of you who <laughs> that's aren't just reading it, a
0: big blank.
1: It's. Ae, like the combined ae letter. S a h. Isn't
0: that another um, ae? Isn't that what they? Free demon. Isn't that what a? Isn't that what the Tesla people, the Tesla guy? Didn't they name their child that? I
1: think that is one of the characters in his na- in the child's name. Yes, but it's a e s a h a e t t r. I know the pronunciation. I just want to hear what you would like. How would you go about saying that?
0: I wouldn't go about saying it. I would read it and say. I would just read right over it, and I would be the subtle knife.
1: It's asahetra. Hetra.
0: (laughs) Haha, very funny.
1: Okay, well, anyway, that's... I just wanted to hear what you would say, but... Mostly, I figured you wouldn't say anything.
0: (sighs) I refuse to be bullied. Anyway, and then the last thing I just wrote was, you know, of course, Lyra captured... Literally, that's the last line in the book, and Lyra was gone. Like, she's disappeared, and I was like, isn't this... This is just like the Golden Compass. I guess at least it was only, like, once... Instead of five times in one book. But still just pitiful. Like, this girl can't be left on her own.
1: Yeah. Also, like, because they don't take the compass, like, Mrs. Coulter didn't take the alethiometer. Like, that was dumb of her. Like, how did she not think to take that?
0: Well, isn't it? It's in her rucksack.
1: But, like, pick up her backpack.
0: So... if I had to guess, they could have grabbed her and, like, Lyra obviously doesn't want her to have the alethiometer, so she wouldn't have been like, that's my bag. I mean, because Lyra is pretty smart. Yeah, that's true. Even though she gets kidnapped a lot. So, like, if they're, like, trying to grab her in a rush, obviously, they would just want to grab her. Also, if you think about it, like, I would assume that she has it on her, like, on her person. Like, I mean, I know they're wearing, like, dresses and stuff, but I feel like she would have had, like, a pocket or something.
1: Yeah, like, it wouldn't occur to Mrs. Colt, like, yeah, she would expect her to keep it on her. But yeah, that's the end. So we have Will with the angels. Lyra has been captured. Oh my god,
0: the angels. I forgot about that.
1: (laughs) They're going to get even crazier in the next book. Because they're going to actually meet the two angels that Will is with. And we're going to meet some more angels as well. That's going to be a metaphysical conundrum. But Lyra has been captured by Mrs. Coulter, who can make specters fly. And...
0: Oh, yeah, because do all the witches just basically get attacked, except yeah. Serafina and Ruta Scotty, All of the
1: witches that she brought in to the New World. So, of
0: course, Lyra got captured. She had no she protection. She had no protection. They would have never stood a chance anyway, so it's probably good. I mean, it makes sense for the story. That's why Will was away.
1: Yeah, like, because Serafina leaves, all hell breaks loose, but also because the Mrs. Sculptor has learned how to pr- control the specters, and it's really not...
0: Which, again, is also not explained at all.
1: Well, when she tells Boreal... She's like, I just tell them that they'll get more joy if they do what I say. And, I'm like, that's not really a good enough explanation. In the well, show, so the there's a better explanation. the now have
0: conscious, like, they have, con- like yeah. they have conscious thought and, like, can make decisions for themselves?
1: Yeah, like, they haven't, the whole book, they have not acted in, like, a self-interest way. They, like, will eat when they want to eat. But, so it doesn't make any well, it sense. it sounds like
0: they just eat. Whatever person's available. Exactly.
1: So it doesn't make sense they that she's want. been able to communicate with them and be like, and now let me show like, you this di- dietary plan where you'll get to eat more.
0: Yeah, like how did she? Yeah, that's what I don't know. Like, how did she communicate with them? Did she like bring them a whole bunch, and then she just kept bringing them people, and then she was like,
1: Yeah, like you can I said, get
0: more with me. Like, do they speak English? Like, I just don't understand. <laughs> it's it,
1: it's not explained well in the book. It's going to be explained a little better in the show. Still not great, but at least like. This whole scene with Boreal, she's like, I just told them that they'd be get more victims if they come on my side. Like, that's not a real, a real explanation. But the whole thing is that she can make them fly so there's no, the witches aren't protected anymore. Because the witches could Witch, fly. How early.
0: did she do that?
1: She <laughs> lit- it literally says in the book, it's like she told them to not think of themselves as tethered to the earth. And I'm like, that's cool. That's a good move. But, so yeah. So, like, that's where well, we've been. Like, fin- is she,
0: like, a god now? She has magical power. She can just change... How the specters were?
1: Maybe. Who's to say? But, so that's where we actually finish. So we have Will with the angels. Lyra has been captured. Serafina is flying to Lee's dead body. The rest of the witches that she brought into the world are dead. So is Grumman. So it's really just not going very well.
0: Clearly. So before we finish, I did have a couple of questions. And I just wanted to know when lee scoresby is with grumman and they're like traveling they need to get the hot air balloon they like buy a hot air balloon or, or he, it's his hot air balloon i don't know but they're trying to like get away they get in the hot air balloon and the people are releasing the ropes for them they're like men and then i don't know like the police like not the police but like some people who want to get them come and they're like release the ropes so like half of them release the ropes but then the other half don't so now like the basket's getting tipped and, you know, Lee's, like, let go of the ropes. And so then one of them lets go, but then the this one man doesn't let go. And it how it's described, it sounds like he kind of maybe gets lifted up into the air. And then within a second, he, like, just drops dead. So my—was that because he got too far away from his demon, basically? Is that what they said? Because—
1: That's how I always understood it, was that base Like, because it kind of sounded like Lee's yeah. seen that before, where people, like— physically get separated from their demon because your demon obviously if like it can't fly it can't fly <laughs> and if you are like flying away from it
0: i'm sorry i'm just like, imagining like if you had I'm a just badger imagining like demon Lee, and like you're... lee's little bunny rat sitting there like no and then they both just dropped dead <laughs> what is this a book yeah that's kind like, of how it's described separated from your tiny animal Don't get separated. Drop your animal like in a hole or something. Like, oh my god, this just seems way too complicated. Don't drop your animal.
1: Also, you better get a flying animal.
0: Like, well, you don't get to pick.
1: Yeah, well, you better have a flying personality.
0: (laughs) So, anyway, I just wanted to clarify that part because
1: that's what I always thought that meant. Yes, he got too far away from his demon, and so then he was severed.
0: So then, die. okay, and then my second question is <laughs> I don't remember what chapter this was in, but Ruta Scotty is like telling the other witches when she comes back from being with the angels about Asriel's like fortress and everything. And she says how she went to his bedchambers like at the end, like at the end of the night or something like right before he was going to bed. And then the line in the book is like, And she's like, the other witches already know what happened. And Will and Lyra would never dream. So we're just not going to talk about that. And then just keeps going. And I was like, I read the line like three times. And I was like, is Pullman really trying to write in here that Ruta Scotti slept with Azure? Like, he had to put that in there. He just couldn't help himself.
1: Yes. Well, it's not for that purpose. It's for a purpose. The whole point is that Will and Lyra are innocent. But
0: why? But like... Of course they're innocent. They're kids.
1: But the whole point is that Lyra is Mother Eve. So she has to be tempted. She has to lose innocence to bring about original sin, a.k.a. dust, a.k.a. humanity.
0: So, but in the creation story, though, it's the the tree of knowledge that she, like, so, like, what does that have to do with, like, a sexual awakening?
1: Well, because the, the, the whole thing is that in the, in Genesis, she's tempted to eat the apple, but she's tempted by the serpent to do something she's not supposed to do. And she needs to, and basically, but the tree of knowledge basically opens your mind. Like you, you learn things now, you're no longer innocent. And that includes like romantic, physical intimacy and innocence and, like, you're no longer innocent, so...
0: But, like, that's going to happen no matter what, because she's a human being.
1: But but if the church can prevent her from ever losing her innocence, then sin will not be led into the world.
0: So that's why Mrs. Coulter wanted to know who she was, because if they can prevent at her... But from what it sounds like, Mrs. Coulter doesn't want to... Because, like, their solution was to separate the demon, but, like, she doesn't sound like she wants to do that to Lyra.
1: No, but but, I mean, even in a tent with Lord Boreal, she's like, then I will destroy her. I'm like, you're not going to kill your own daughter. I mean, Mrs. Coulter's pretty evil, but I mean, you'll see what happens very soon. But she, the church believes that if Lyra become, if Lyra is tempted and her innocence is taken, she, that will basically cause... Sin to exist, which is dust. But
0: doesn't but we know sin, the dust is good. But also sin already exists. So this is like a reset on the world?
1: Correct. She's Eve reborn. So
0: does this happen every, like, thousand years?
1: No. This is, you're like, your 30,000 years. Because remember, they say that dust first was detected 30,000 years ago. No, it's not a reset every 30,000 years. It was just that she is the reset. She's but why? the one chance.
0: There's not enough explanations in this story. Like...
1: Well, I feel like I'm already skipping ahead. I don't know if, how much I've already said that I shouldn't have said. But actually, this has all been postulated. You could have postulated no, all of this so no,
0: far. No, you haven't spoiled but anything. Yes. I'm just saying that, like, because that, that would be my next question, because, like, they're talking about Lyra's, Why is Lyra, my, like, why is Mother there a Eve, new Mother so like, Eve? Like, why Lyra? Okay, she's the chosen one, but I'm like, it'd be one that, like, but this has happened already, so, like, th- is this going to happen again in 30,000 more years? Like, does it have to happen on a clock, on a cycle? Like, I'm going to need. I'm not sure. I'm going to need an explanation for that.
1: Well, We'll see when we get there, but yes, Pullman is trying to say that Ruta Scotti slept with Azrael.
0: Okay, anyway, my last question is also with Ruta Scotti is because she says something about Will when she like first meets him, I think, and she says how he's like Azrael, and then Serafina's like, "Yeah, and she's like, that's why I haven't dared look like look into his eyes." And I was like, what are they talking about? Why haven't why are they like afraid of him? Like what do they mean by that? Like what do they mean by he's like Azrael? Like he's crazy? They're
1: just being dramatic. <laughs> They're just being dramatic and saying he has a forceful personality. And that he's like consequential and that he has like okay, a I, strong will.
0: But cause Serafina literally she's like, Yeah, that's why I haven't dared looked in like look into his eyes. I'm like, well, what? That, he's a child.
1: That." That also has to do with the fact that he bears the knife and he's so intense. Like, Wilk is, like, a little bit of an intense personality. Like, if you think about him, like, he's a 12-year-old that's, like...
0: But he's 12 years old and Serafina's, like, 300 years old and is a witch with magical powers. How are you being intimidated by a 12-year-old with a knife?
1: The knife is super scary to them.
0: It's one thing to be, like... I'm not saying they shouldn't respect him, but, like... You're not gonna look Again, him in the eye? Again, it's a little
1: dramatic. I mean, the witches are a little dramatic, haven't we noticed? Like,
0: I just, They're I like, just can't, I can't imagine make eye contact. Like a, t- like a little twelve year old, like prepubescent boy, with a knife. Who? Yes, we're saying he has kind of a powerful personality, a little intimidating. But you're a grown woman who's, um, not even like you're not just a grown woman. You're a three hundred year old witch who's seen a lot of things. Even if you're afraid of the knife, you're afraid of this little boy. Who's on your side? That's where I was... I mean, I know it was when they first met him, but, like...
1: I, I've i always... Maybe there's something else. If there is, Philip Pullman, let us know. But I literally always read that as, like, the witches are a little dramatic.
0: <laughs> a little extra. A little uh, too much. <laughs> a little extra. Much. I can't make eye contact. The witches are just...
1: Ooh, Serafina's great, but the rest of them are... And Ruta is funny. And Ruta's awesome in the show. But she's... But yeah, the rest of them, you're like, I don't know. Yeah. The witches are done really, really interestingly in the show.
0: Yeah, we we shall see. But I guess that pretty much wraps up The Subtle Knife. So next week, we'll be diving into the final book in the series, The Amber Spyglass. And we're going to read chapters 1 through 19 because this book is significantly longer. For next week. So if you read along with us, go ahead and read up to there.
1: And as always, if you have predictions or theories or questions, remember you can stay in touch with us on the Nerd Party website. You just head over to slash contact and you select throwback paperback. Then you can send us an email there and get in touch with the network in general on Twitter at join nerdparty or on Instagram at the Nerd party or on slash the nerdparty. And to find me, I'm at ceSheeland on both Twitter and Instagram.
0: And I'm at Asia Bonia on Twitter and at asia.bonia on Instagram. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you rate and review the podcast and share with your friends. And, of course, check out the other podcasts on the Nerd Party Network. (laughs) What are you doing?
1: (laughs) I'm distracting Asia to make the outros more interesting.
0: Anyway. Keep it in
1: the episode. Keep it in the episode.
0: Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week.
1: Yeah, hit that subscribe. Have a good one. We'll see you next week.
0: Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.